Welcome to the FinGen Show. I'm your host, Ferris Alamy. And today's episode has been brought to you by Connecting Dots Globally, an entrepreneurship and STEM training program for youth, especially in high school and college. Learn more about, about these programs at connectingdotsglobally.org. Michael, thank you for being with us today. A pleasure. Thank you. I'm really excited to have you, Michael Stein. And, uh, you know, for the audience, those who don't know you, maybe you could just tell us about who is Michael? <laughs> okay, well, I'll give you a short description. I, I'm uh, an entrepreneur, uh, an actor, filmmaker, stand-up comedian, um, I, but I'm mainly an entrepreneur now. And I uh, do a podcast called Long Shot Leaders because I kind of consider myself a long shot. My grandmother escaped the Russian concentration camps on her way to America. My dad was a New York homeless street kid. He was an entrepreneur. He uh, was uh, made millions, uh, and then he lost his millions and was homeless again. So uh, I've, you know, had ADHD and a lot of issues and health issues growing up. But I wanted to be an entrepreneur and an, a filmmaker and a comedian. And uh, I wasn't uh, a very good student, you know. But my high school teacher said you might want to work with your hands because not everybody's meant to do what they want to do. But I. Started my first business, uh, being an entrepreneur, wanted to be like my dad. He was called the calculator kid. He sold calculators in the 70s when they were small. He sold so many of them. The Brother International called him the calculator kid before he, you know, spent his life, you know, everything and went crazy lifestyle. But uh, I wanted to be the calculator kid. So I started uh, a business and I failed miserably two weeks later, My, you know, the day after I graduated high school. But then six months later, I decided to try a different business. I did stand-up comedy when I was 19, and I brought a lot of people. So then I said, I'll be a nightclub promoter in L.A. And then within six months of that, I became the number one nightclub promoter in Los Angeles, which enabled me to become an actor. I, my first acting role was playing Dirt Diggler in The Dirt Diggler Story, which is the short film version of Boogie Nights, which I appear in as well. And then I made a lot of movies and acted and had a long career um, of uh, making uh, award-winning films, but it never turned over into a big movie deal. And I said, I'm going to make my own movie. But I was broken and dead at this point because I left my nightclub business to become a filmmaker and an actor. And I became an entrepreneur again to make money to make a movie. And within six months, I made a quarter million dollars. And I was able to make a movie with two-time Academy winning award actress Faye Dunaway and Andy Dick and Coolio. And I wrote, directed, produced, and acted in it. And ever since then, I almost bottomed out my business making that movie. And I said, if I was ever going to do a podcast about people that, about entrepreneurship and about people that have won and lost quite a bit. And uh, ever since then, I've grown that business to over a hundred million dollars. And uh, that's kind of like the short version of why I'm here today talking about entrepreneurship and all that stuff. Wow, Michael, what a journey. I mean, you know, clearly there are Lots of more movies in the making just from your journey alone, right? Uh, so much appreciate you sharing that with us today. So what is it that if people want to know, what do you do today? What would you tell them? What do you do today? Well, I would say, first of all, get scope. When you, be, you, know, you try to start a business, if your thing is like, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to start a business, you got to back up and get scope to who, what, where, why, when, and how, and ask yourself the Toyota five whys, which Toyota a long time ago discovered that they need to ask themselves why, 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 why this? five times. I do the who, what, where, why, when, and how five times for each of those and get scope of the situation. You know, what kind of business you want to do, why you want to do it, how you're going to do it, you know, and like, where's your competition? What are they charging? You know, a lot of questions, a lot of tons of questions in the beginning. You're slowing down then so you can speed up later. Once you get scope, then you prepare, you prepare, even for an ADHD person like myself, if I can go back, I would tell them, prepare as much as you can, put everything down on paper, 
Expel, even if Excel spreadsheets are not your friend, kind of like kind of start making those Excel spreadsheets with all your ideas and all everything down and, and spreadsheet, spreadsheet the, the shit out of it. And then get an idea of what, you know, where your directions are going to go. And then after that, make a list of milestones, you know, even though you might not know what to do, just kind of put down milestones of what you think you're going to do in progression. So you have kind of like somewhat of a roadmap. I would just prepare a lot and I would get your mindset right. And also it uh, doesn't hurt to get involved in personal development either if you want to be an entrepreneur, because those two things work hand in hand. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. I've always uh, believed that entrepreneurship goes ups and downs and sometimes those ups and downs the same moments. I'm sure you you could relate to that with just what you described. And I'm curious to hear from your journey. And I, by the way, support 100% the notion of I call it informal education. A lot of people just get worry about formal education, a four-year degree, a two-year master's or whatever. And I've always believed informal education is just as good as formal education. Now, they're all different. They, they, you need probably both, but it's just as good to be informally educated because there's just so much you could learn from each other, so much you could learn from other people. So thank you for sharing that insight. Like get, get, you know, get educated. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that never ends. That's the, sometimes you'll see, not all the time, but sometimes you'll see formally educated people, they'll get their four-year degree and they'll say, well, I'm done. You know, and I'm, they were so tired and they burnt it themselves out. I really don't want to learn until I graduated high school. And then I paid for my own education, you know, a la carte picking and choosing yeah. and, and never stopping, you know, to this day and still, you know, make every single day, uh, you know, realize that you're a student, you got to study hard every day to, to, you know, win. Yep. Uh, I, you know, I went through that, uh, I call it the 20 year program. So I started in 1990 and I graduated in 2014. Uh, so, and then what I usually tell people, I did get a degree from life. It's probably the most expensive one, as you know. Right. The other right. one was, you know, there's a price mark to it and you pay it and you're done. The one for life is just never ending. Yeah, consider those mistakes because I know what you're talking about. Consider those mistakes, learning experiences, because if you consider them failures and you try to avoid the, the because it's painful to look at those and analyze those, that you've spent a lot of money and time on investing in those mistakes. So you might as well learn from them. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Let's take a short break. Clearly, we could keep you here all day, but let's take a short break and come back with a few more questions to you. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll be right back after these short messages. Uh, well, thank you. We'll see you soon. Wait a second. What was that last part? What do you mean I won't be able to remember anything? We can't have you back on Earth knowing what you know now. But a lot of people are going to know. Carol Ann knows. Now, as far as Earth is concerned, thanks to you, it will be as if this whole thing never happened. All right. <clears throat> Welcome back. Michael, what a story. So, you know, your ups and downs, probably the same moment. Would you mind sharing with us maybe one of your down moments where you felt the world is ending? How are you going to do this? What's going to happen next? So I left my nightclub business to become a filmmaker and an actor. And I, you know, was a production assistant, you know, which is, you know, a peon compared to when you're a nightclub promoter in Los Angeles. And I was like a mini celebrity. The money was gone. The fame was gone. And now I'm just a production assistant. But I was able to get, gather a crew up after four years and, and create a half hour dr dramatic short film, which got bought by HBO, did really well. And I um, won a lot of awards and I got meetings with everybody in Hollywood. Two things happened though, is that I still owed a lot of money because everybody promised me money 
Uh, so only half of the people really invested. And I put everything I had into this and it, the film didn't make all its money back. HBO paid well for it, but you know, films are expensive. So those people backed out. So I was in financial trouble. Then I was getting close to a movie deal, you know, meaning they wanted to read my screenplays because I wrote four at the time and they liked one of the scripts and it was close to getting a movie deal. They were going to make a, one of my screenplays. I was going to direct it, try more pictures. And that fell through. And I was so, I was in broken and debt. And I, I felt like my, it just wasn't happening after two years. I, I failed financially and I failed uh, just, you know, uh, with my endeavor. So that was my lowest point because uh, finance, you, you don't feel you're the six human needs psychologies, which is everybody, if you believe in that, we all have six human needs, which is to feel significant certainty, uncertain, you know, variety and growth and contribution. I didn't have any of those feelings that I needed because I was like in broke and debt and, and, and uh, I failed at my endeavor. So um, through the lowest point, I had a desperate moment to say, to be, I'm going to be an entrepreneur again. So when I was working as a production assistant, I built a website and I built the business that I have today that has done really well. Um, but that was my lowest point, um, you know, being in that situation. Wow, Michael, I really appreciate you sharing that because I know uh, having been through pain personally and interviewed many people before you, talking about pain is the last thing that anyone wants to do because it also, you know, it's the wound is never really healed, right? I always believe like there's just, because you never really talk about it. So it's just there. I'll, I'll tell you one funny thing. When that happened though, when, yeah. when everything was at its worst, I found out my fiance, who is a habitual pot smoker, she ended up cheating on me with a guy named Bud. What are the odds of that? She, she, she loves, she, she, with a guy named Bud. I mean, you know, it's, it's just ironic. But anyways, you learn how to like, you know, laugh about these things. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, at the time, probably devastating. Looking back is, you know, somewhat ironic and funny. But yeah, I'm glad that you could do that today on these things. So, yeah. and I think uh, we all know, you, you, know, may, you know, having humility and having uh, ability to look at things and be funny about them can also help you a little bit ease the pain that you probably went through at those times. That sounds like a lot of pain. So Michael, I mean, what a journey. I want to also make sure that we plug in what you're doing today because we didn't really mention that earlier. But tell me, you know, uh, thanks for sharing that moment. Would you mind sharing with the audience here today, like maybe one of your highest points where you felt like the world is under control, you're going to the next big thing and the world is opening for you? When would, well, well I know I, probably many of them, just pick one. Yeah, there's one because finance was just such a big thing, you know, for me for a while. Um, you know, you think my, it, money's not everything. It doesn't solve everything. But I, I walked into, I, I've got my first warehouse. It was a tiny little warehouse I was renting. And um, I'm still, you know, kind of struggling at this point, but it, business is doing well and it's climbing. I show up to work and there's a hurricane for the third week in a row in Florida. And they call me in the morning and they say, we need a million dollars worth of tarps. This is my business. And it was the biggest contract in America. And I said, okay, well, no problem. I said, we're the biggest tarp supplier online. We weren't, we were one of them, but I said, we'll make it happen. And I spent the whole day. I didn't do anything, but orchestrate getting all of our stock, everybody's stock in, in the country that did what I did in these little satellite companies. And I bought up everybody's inventory and I was able to get the state of Florida, their million dollars worth of tarps. And um, by the end of the day, I made a million dollars in one day and I closed the deal. And I remember crying because you're thinking, you know, money is, as you think like that's going to solve everything. And by next year, when Hurricane Katrina came out, 
And I started buying everybody up again. All these vendors around the country that sold tarps said, we know who you are. You're, uh, they call you Hurricane Mike. And I thought, first of all, that's a ridiculous name. And I thought, I want to be a filmmaker, an actor still at this point. I don't want to be Hurricane Mike. But then I thought, you know, my, one of my goals was to be like my dad, the calculator kid. So I said, you know, I'm not the calculator kid, but I actually became Hurricane Mike. I said, that's pretty cool. I, I, that was one of the bigger uh, accomplishments by not taking no for an answer and making that, that sale happen. And I've learned to do things like that, just make it happen no matter at what cost and whatever it's going to take. Sometimes you gotta you work better with your back up against the wall. So that's one of them. Wow, Michael, what a what a beautiful story in a way. And uh, I really appreciate you bringing these two stories up with us and sharing them with the audience. That's uh, very thankful for that. Clearly, we can keep you all day and keep digging deeper for so many and things to be unfolding. But for those who would like to stay in touch with you and want to learn more about your tarp, would you tell us uh, what's your company now and what are you doing besides your obviously podcast? <laughs> right. Well, the company I've had since that, you know, I started to make that movie. Uh, it's called tarpsplus.com. And uh, you can just go to tarpsplus.com if you need a tarp. We're also building a branded product at the end of the year. It's called Bolator. And it's going to be like, it's going to define the backpack tarp hammock industry the same way that Yeti defined the cooler. And uh, it's a really exciting uh, brand product that we're bringing out, which is separate from, you know, the company, whole another division of a company. And um, if you want to know more about me, you can just go to longshotleaders.com, which is our podcast to tell stories about underdogs who found success. And that's how you could find me at longshotleaders.com. Thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate you being here. Uh, so thank you for those who tuned in. Uh, much appreciated. I'm your host, Ferris Alami. Till the next show. Thanks. Have a good day.